guys know if you're listening to that episode and you're like hey you know different theme music there's no outro like what's going on this is my attempt to freshen things up it's it you know it's new it's fun it's challenging it allows me to be a little bit more creative possibly want i hope that if you decide to spend an hour hour and a half listening to my show that you leave and you feel like you learned something that you heard something that you can then go apply in the field I'm going to be perfectly honest. When I do conservation topics, my numbers dip. The downloads dip. The plays dip. If you do a conservation video, the views aren't there. Everybody that loves conservation, they claim like, we need more content. We need more content. But at the end of the day, you guys don't consume it. It's, you know, it's easy to get in a rut and just do the same type of content week after week after week because that's what you know. You have the formula, you have the templates, it's easy to knock out. I'm not interested in doing content just for the sake of content. I want to do content that you guys are actually interested in and find value in. I think it's time after four and a half years, let's kind of shake things up, let's try some new things and uh, have some fun with it. Where do I start? How do I train recall? How long should we work on healing before moving on? Is crate training really that important? We hear these questions all the time and there's one answer that will help with all of them. The complete step-by-step -step dog training course found at Standing Stone Supply. They break down the what, when, where, and how to train your own dog from eight weeks to one year old. They've got it all laid out for you down to even the daily activity checklist to keep you and your puppy on track. Check out standingstonesupply.com and remember to use code GDIY to save 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of GDIY presented by Sanding Stone Supply. This episode is a little bit different than uh, any of the other ones I've done. In four and a half years, I've never really done a uh, solo episode, uh, but I thought it was time to, to kind of attempt it and uh, really honestly to just be upfront with you guys. Believe it or not, when you record episodes like this, it actually helps if you hit the record button. So this is actually my second attempt uh, at doing this. I actually nailed the first attempt. You guys should have heard it. It was fantastic. It was probably the best work I've ever done, but you'll never hear it because uh, like a, you know, it's amateur hour over here. So I just didn't hit that red button. But anyway, so uh, this is round two. This is the second attempt, but uh if you listen to this week's episode, the Carolina Quell and Fire Co-op episode with Drew Connor, uh, you may have noticed a few different things on that episode, and and this is what I wanted to talk to you guys about is is uh, I'm, I'm going to be changing some things, or at least not, maybe not even changing, but updating a few things, and I just kind of wanted to clue you guys into what what's going on and. And uh, the past, you know, five six months or so, I've been trying to figure out the best way to increase the amount of content, the frequency of, of content and episodes that I put out while not uh, not eating up too much of my uh, too much additional time, uh, ultimately trying to uh, optimize or uh, make the workflow as efficient as possible because to kind of let you guys in on kind of like how I operate the podcast. Some of these episodes that I, I bring out, I have in the bank. They're recorded for four or five, sometimes six weeks plus. And uh, 
So when I do the outros, it's kind of like I'll record them. They sit in the bank. I edit them and and throw the outro out. And then it's just on to the next episode. And there's really not a whole lot of time to reflect or or engage with some of the listeners on some of the topics and guests. And uh, I've been trying to figure out the best way to go about doing this or uh, updating the format of the show that, that maybe opens up a window of opportunity uh, for that feedback uh, session, if you will, or, or just the opportunity to hear your guys' thoughts, whether that's good, bad, uh, you want to just add on to something that we discussed in an episode, or maybe we misspoke and said something incorrect that we need to need to uh, clear up. But, uh, you know, I've always done the outros at the end of the episode, and so originally I was kind of toying with the idea of just doing away with the outros altogether. But fortunately, uh, when I travel around and I share camp and hunt with so many different people as well as recording with so many different people, I'm always asking their thoughts and opinions. What do they like about the show? What do they think the show could be, do better? Uh, stuff like that. And and when I presented kind of my thought processes to some people and buddies that uh, I was considering doing away with the outro, they didn't like the idea. They actually said that they enjoy hearing my perspective of why I, I discuss some of the topics I discuss, why I have some of the guests on that I have on. And, and, you know, they made, they raised a good point that, that really kind of solidified itself a few weeks ago when I did that episode with Scott, where he kind of interviewed me and, and I was able to kind of provide a little bit more context and background, uh, to my story and who I am is, uh, the, one of the, it's probably the most, uh, criticism, I don't even know if criticism, but feedback I've received from guests over the years is they don't feel like they know me. They, they enjoy the show. They enjoy the information and the, and the value and the, and the, uh, content, but they don't really feel like they know me. And so the outro was really the only thing I've been doing for any period of time that really kind of gets people to know my thought process, what I'm doing. And, and, uh, it's also a timely thing. So I don't, I, you know, I can sprinkle it in. I I don't have to come on every single episode and provide an outro. I can do a separate episode or outro, if you will, such as this kind of a standalone thing and, and kind of provide you guys an update, but it's still timely. So I can release the episode on a Tuesday you know, offer a day or two, uh, you know, maybe get some feedback or questions or thoughts from listeners, and I can address those in an actual standalone separate episode. But I can also provide updates as to, you know, things that are going on that I feel like need to be discussed. Um, I can also tell you guys what I'm up to, you know, my training wise or hunting wise, uh, hunting adventures, if you will. Uh, I, I can provide some context and just kind of keep everybody clued in to where, you know, something like Quinn, uh, I, I just recently kind of started force fetch. It's really just whole conditioning. Uh, it's really kind of informal. I'm not structured, uh, sessions yet, but I'm, I'm, I know that in the next month or so, especially as hunting season wraps up down here in the Southeast over the next month or two, uh, I'm really kind of, kind of get into force fetch, but with me, stepping in and, and starting this whole new process with Quinn, I can provide updates onto that. Uh, something like, you know, I know over the past few months, I've received a lot of questions from uh, people in, in regards to like hats and merchandise. When am I going to get that more, more of that stuff in? And to, to just touch on that real quick, 
the hats were actually supposed to arrive today, but it's kind of snowpocalypse, whatever the heck they're calling it. And down here we got dumped on on snow. So we're not getting any mail. We're not getting any deliveries. And, and you know, it's funny living in the South. We, we call it a Southern dusting, if you will. Usually our snow amounts to nothing but just a little bit of dust, maybe a little bit of ice on the roads. But I tell you what, I actually got, you know, eight to 10 inches in some spots here at my place. So it, it was truly like a we actually got a good snow dump down here. So it's the first one in quite a while. But, uh, you know, a lot of people down here in the South aren't okay. Everybody's running out of milk and bread and those milk sandwich, uh, you know, it, the, the supplies are, are running short. So keep everybody in the South in your prayers. Those milk sandwiches go a long way anytime there's snow in the forecast. But uh, anyway, the hats... They should be up on the site, you know, as soon as they get here. Uh, it's been a long time coming, so if you're interested in that, check out the website. Hopefully that's up come this weekend or the next few days. It's whenever the uh, the delivery trucks feel like they can. it's safe for them to drive and deliver stuff again, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so, like, stuff like that to where uh, something that's really timely or something really happens, like, uh, uh, to give a specific example, a few weeks ago, the— uh, uh, the Biden administration, and not to get political, I don't care. I truly do not care if you're Republican or Democrat. I don't care. This is not a political show. I, I tr try and keep everything as neutral as possible. The only time I talk about anything political on here is if it is a direct impact to what it is that we do and love. And uh, so keep that in mind. I don't want to hear a bunch or see a bunch of messages or something, you know, decrying, you know, I'm a. I'm a far right or far left. I don't care. Just keep it to yourself politically. I don't care. But the fact of the matter is, is the Biden administration did release an executive order uh, directing the, the Forest Service to prioritize and save and conserve old growth forests. Uh, to me, that was a very important and timely issue that didn't get addressed by anybody. I mean, including myself to the extent that I felt like it, it, it should have been addressed. You know, I put it out on social media. I fielded quite a bit of uh, messages from different people uh, inquiring, you know, the details and, and my thoughts and why is it that's important. Because if you read the actual uh executive order, which I'll have linked in the show notes if you're interested, it does read like, you know, they're doing good. They're saving forests and trees. So if you don't know any better, it seems and comes across as something good. But it was pretty alarming to me that nobody talked about it. It wasn't on any podcasts. It wasn't on any videos, at least that I saw. You know, somebody may have done something else. But I actually had some conversations within some pe with people within some of these nonprofit organizations, and uh, they promised or they said that they are working on it. They're going to get it out, and and it's not against just one organization. Like I didn't see it coming from anybody. Nobody stood up and spoke out against it. So something like that that is very uh, paramount and and in my opinion very important to what it is that we love and do. There, there wasn't a timely response from anybody. And the way that my show's been formatted, I, I couldn't, I didn't really have a, a good timely response anyway, unless I just did a standalone thing directly on that, which I could have done, but still keeping the, the kind of the, the process of doing the outro on a weekly by, you know, every other week, what, whatever this ends up being, it, it allows me to, if something like that comes up in the space, they're asking for public comment or something, I can still get that out to everybody in the actual podcast format, as opposed to just doing social media, because 
guys, like everybody that listens to the podcast is not on social media. Everybody that follows people on social media doesn't actually listen to the to their podcast. And this isn't just my my own platform. It's everybody. So, uh, you know, stuff like that. I, I think there's a, a real value in being able to uh, respond in a timely manner. So, you know. I'll probably address this executive order further as I do, you know, more of these little outro or solo episodes, whatever the heck I end up calling this thing. But uh, the the workflow uh, with me trying to do more or frequent episodes and content, uh, I I had to simplify the process. And the the thing that I thought uh, made the most sense was just to have the episodes stand alone by themselves with just the guests and and discussion. And then we'll follow that up later. So, uh, you know, like this week we had the the, uh, quail episode, the Southern Quail, Carolina Quail with Fire Co-ops with Drew Connor. I actually got a lot of feedback from people, like especially a few people down here in the South. They said it really struck a chord. It really hit home with them. and I got some good feedback. A few people interested in figuring out how to join uh, that prescribed fire co-op that Drew was talking about. And the fact that uh, Drew really heading up that fire co-op, it's a pretty unique idea. I know some states have these little co-ops and and opportunities, but something like you know my own home state in Tennessee, they don't have that. So something uh, that such as that, that like Drew came on, spoke about, kind of clued everybody into what he was trying to do and seeing results on different people's property. I really want to highlight that the best way that I can. And so by doing that episode, waiting a few days, getting some feedback, if there is any, not every episode warrants feedback or or I receive feedback on every episode by any means. So like if there is an episode or, or some value worth speaking on in that episode, then I can circle back and actually do it justice and kind of break that content out, if that makes sense. So, um, also Q and A's. I get questions from listeners pretty frequently. I'm not going to say it's an everyday thing, but I do get them, especially from Patreon patrons. And uh, a lot of the questions are the same ones that, you know, the listeners send in on, on social media. It, there, there's just a common theme amongst all these questions. They're just frequently asked questions. And so I thought, you know, this doing this might uh, allow me uh, the platform or the opportunity to address those in kind of a, a true, authentic or organic way. And if I, I'm not afraid to say I don't know the answer. Again, anybody that's listened to this podcast for any stretch of time, it, it's I don't pretend to be a pro trainer. You know, I am honest and upfront with everybody. It's like I can just give you my personal thoughts and opinions. I have been sitting in the classroom talking to a lot of people that know better than me. So, you know, I I feel like I do have some knowledge and and insight to share with a lot of people that can help them. But uh, I'm not afraid to say I don't know something. So if I don't know something, I can then reach out to somebody else and uh, maybe get the answer from them. But also just doing something like this is... uh, Outside of the listeners saying that they feel like they they want to get to know me and what I'm doing from uh, behind the scenes a little bit more, uh, another uh, not criticism but suggestion is some people want to, you know, not not everybody listens to podcasts to learn something or to feel like they walked away with something. I. 
that's me. That's that's who I kind of uh, tailor my my content mostly for. But there is some people. There are some people that really just enjoy the stories. They enjoy the camaraderie, sharing camp, talking around the fire, BSing with buddies, and and just having true like regular conversations and discussions. And so I think doing this little separate thing when I have people that I'm sharing camp with, maybe we finish up a hunt, we're at the tailgate, uh, or they come over here to my place and we can train and, and, you know, we have the discussions and debates uh, very often. Uh, maybe instead of just doing that behind the scenes and I never even really like bring it up or talk about it. Uh, maybe I just throw up the camera and, 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 turn the mic on it and, and we record it and we can start having some more just genuine, authentic conversations around this stuff. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to figure out what this kind of separate uh, episode type thing and structure looks like. But for now, I just wanted to let you guys know if you're listening to that episode and you're like, hey, you know, different theme music. There's no outro. Like what's going on? Uh, it's just me. It's just my attempt to freshen things up. It's it, you know, it's new. It's fun. It's challenging. It, it, it allows allows me to be a little bit more creative, possibly, and uh, it, you know, it just it's just going to overall help my workflow. And and to be perfectly honest, the hardest thing, the hardest challenge that not just myself, but any content creator, podcaster, YouTube, social media person has uh, the hardest thing that we can that we do is to spark that engagement, to build the community. And that's ultimately what we're after because engagement is much more important and valuable than just overall reach. You can have some people that reach a hundred thousand people, you know, doing a, doing a, a podcast, but if nobody really, if it doesn't resonate with anybody, they're not providing feedback. You know, social media is the easiest example of this. You can see so many people that have, 30,000 followers on Instagram, but you check out their posts and they have, you know, 10 likes, nobody's commenting on it. And, uh, it's not a competition as, but, but really everything is a competition. If you really think about it, you know, podcasting and creating videos, whether no, no matter how much value you put into it or stock you put into it, Whoever's doing that content, it is a time suck. It is a commitment. It takes resources. It takes money. And ultimately, it takes time and effort to do a decent job. And at the end of the day, everybody that listens to podcasts demands a high-quality show. With that high-quality show, it comes time and it comes effort and it comes money. Uh, uh, it requires all of those things, all of those components. So, uh, you know, for for me to put out the best show possible and the most valuable show, I, I should say, possible to you guys, I need that feedback. The feedback gives me the insight to what you guys like and prefer, and it, and it ultimately just makes it a little bit more relatable, which makes the value higher in my opinion, because if I, I can do the best job interviewing somebody on the driest subject possible, uh, but if it doesn't pertain to you, the listener, and you don't find it relatable or important or relevant, then there's no value in it. And let's be honest, everybody that wakes up, it's 2024, you wake up and there are so many things that are demanding your time and attention whether it's the actual important things in life, your family, your job, training your own dogs, you know, going hunting, actually doing that stuff. 
the content that you consume is your choice. There's an opportunity cost. You can choose to spend an hour and a half listening or watching something else, or you can take the, the hour and a half and listen to my show. And that's not lost on me. So I, I want, I hope that if you decide to spend an hour, hour and a half listening to my show, that you leave or, or turn it off when it wraps up and you feel like you learned something, that you you heard something that you can then go apply in the field have you ever shot a bird that just keeps on flying and you're standing there saying, I swear I hit that bird? Well, good news. Maybe it might not be you, but rather your shotgun. Go check out UplandGunCompany.com and construct the perfect shotgun that is not only built to your exact physical specifications, but your preferred looks as well. To some people, a shotgun not only has to perform, but look good while doing it also. Upland Gun Company has made this process super convenient and surprisingly affordable when you consider all of the completely customizable features. Get your shotgun order submitted today so you're standing there with your dog saying fetch rather than standing there still saying, I couldn't have missed that bird. Maybe it's just some kind of interesting tidbit that we talk about on conservation that you can then go and communicate to outside people outside of the hunting community that really kind of helps us out and, and furthering our culture and, and, and getting out of our echo chamber and therefore moving the needle a little bit further than if we're just amongst ourselves talking about the same thing. Because let's face it, I'm going to be perfectly honest, when I do conservation topics, if I do a conservation-specific episode, my numbers dip. The downloads dip. The plays dip. If you do a conservation video, the views aren't there. Everybody that loves conservation, they claim, like, we need more content. We need more content. But at the end of the day, you guys don't consume it. It's it's You can see the numbers. We have kind of worked ourselves into a corner here to where we we're in an echo chamber. We've all heard the same stuff and we're just kind of talking to each other here. And this is something that I've been kind of thinking about for a, a few months now is how do we have a greater impact on conservation? Because if I can see it on my own platform that when we talk about conservation, you have the same people commenting and the same people that are fired up and, and that are passionate about it. They comment and they're there every single time. But if we're even losing the motivation and enthusiasm with our, within our own circles and our own echo chamber, it's kind of reflective of what happens outside of the hunting community and the fact that society, whether they're hunters or not, are not looking as fondly on hunters and why we do what we do nearly as much as what they once did. You you have not really heard me come on this podcast in four and a half years and talk about how I feel like the answer is more hunters. I think there's value in new hunters. I think that especially if we can really influence them and teach new hunters the quote unquote correct way, the responsible, you know, you know, the most ethical way of doing things. I think there's value in bringing the right hunters in here, but I'm seeing the same thing. A lot of other people are seeing, I'm seeing a lot more orange on that landscape. I'm seeing the parking lots fill up a little bit more. So, the answer, in my opinion, is not to concentrate on just bringing in new hunters or reactivating new hunters uh, because the amount of land and access is going down. The opportunities to, to, to do what we love to do is going down. So if, 
if the amount of access and our opportunities are going down and we're increasing the number of hunters, you do the math. You kind of figure out how that how that's going to translate really well to uh, providing a future to what we love to do. And let's face it, I understand. I, I, I am completely realistic in the fact that money makes the world go round. We can't do anything without money. But money, just throwing money at the problem, does not fix it. And if you don't believe me, just take a step back and think about things for a second. I, I, I want to ask you a question. If, if money fixes the problem, then why is it in the past few years, two, three, four years, all of these organizations and fill in the blank, whether it's Pheasant Forever, Quail Forever, or RGS, whoever, they're claiming that they've you know had record-breaking years as far as fundraising. Well, if we're having record-breaking years as far as fundraising in the conservation community, then why does it feel like and why are the reports coming back with less birds? If money truly fixed it and money equated more opportunity and more birds on the landscape, then why is it that when we're setting records on fundraising efforts that a lot of people, I would say, probably think that the opportunity is going down, especially this is kind of regional uh, specific. So, you know, if you're in an area that you're like, I don't really see it, I don't buy it. Okay, that, that's fine. I challenge you to kind of look outside of your region. You know, the Southeast is a great example. There are some examples of good things going on down here in the Southeast, but there are some challenges and issues and uh, concerns that I have over even the quote-unquote good things happening down here. I think that there we need to start shedding light on a couple different aspects and and to really kind of just just to put a label on it. Uh, I know this is kind of dangerous to to label stuff like this, but in my opinion, and and I'll provide more context on this uh, in the coming weeks or or episodes, whatever. We can raise as much money as we want. We can put as much habitat on the ground as we want. We can put as many birds on the ground as we want. In my opinion, if we aren't doing anything to address the actual culture of society and their perception of hunters, and what, and if the outside non-hunting community doesn't start understanding and hearing a message that resonates with them for them to understand why why what we do matters, why it's important, why it's okay in their opinion. Ultimately, it doesn't matter how much habitat or birds we put on the ground. I am not an advocate of the thought that more birds equals more success because I, to circle back, I don't believe that just a new hunter buying a hunting license is the needle mover that we have been kind of groomed or taught to believe, okay? We can, we will discuss this further uh, in, in the coming weeks, but you know, I just want to explain this. And the reason why I'm going into detail on this is I just want to be upfront and honest with everybody listening to, to this podcast that in my attempt to do more content, my goal is to maximize and grow gun dog it yourself as much as possible. Because in my opinion, the bigger that this platform is, the bigger impact I can potentially have on the things that matter. And 
and again, to be completely forthcoming and honest, you know, I'm not going to look you in the eye and, and claim that me having a bigger show or or bigger audience or a more engaged audience is not a a direct personal uh, benefit to myself. It is. It, it, absolutely, it is. I'm not going to lie to you about that. It's pretty obvious. You know, more listeners, more downloads, more impressions, whatever that's going to have a direct correlation to, you know, sponsorships and stuff like that. You know, it I can't deny that. But at the end of the day, the bigger show that I have and the and, and the broader reach outside of just our hunting community, the bigger impact I feel and I believe that I can potentially have on trying to do my part in furthering our culture and and getting other people that may or may not have any interest in hunting. Maybe they don't have any desire to hunt, but we still need them to support our desire to go hunt, right? And so uh, just keep that in mind. Like I, I am out here, like I want to grow this as much as possible so that hopefully, uh, you know, in, in time to come down the road in the future, I can have a much greater impact doing what I think will move the needle even more. And, you know, to I'll kind of wrap this up on this is is I've been trying to think about this and put it into words for quite a while. I've I've been reading, listening to different audiobooks and podcasts on the subject and, and trying to kind of collect my thoughts on on where I stand on this because uh, I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna put this out and I'm gonna get a lot of people, you know, it, they're going to take issue with some of the things I say, and that's perfectly fine. By all means, bring it to me respectfully, guys. Don't don't just be an ass about it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I I recently listened to uh, a, a podcast series on conservation that Randy Newberg over at Hunt Talk Radio put together, talking about the importance of of really just hunters telling their stories and broadening our audience a little bit better. And at the face of it, it's kind of like, well, yeah, okay, you know, duh. But when you really break it down and you start kind of seeing the challenges that we have, especially in different states and areas and, and you know, the, the anti-fill-in-the-blank, there's anti-whatever for everything, you know, anti-logging, anti-guns, anti-hunting, anti-even uh, dog trainers, you know, people are, you know, so anti-e-collars because they don't even understand that. Like, we're fighting and battling people that are against what we do and how we do it on, like, 10 different levels. And if we don't start reaching the people outside of our community – just like those groups and those advocates and and activists if you if you will they are much better at at uh compiling support and bringing people in and they're they're speaking on an emotional level whereas you know we're fighting emotions with facts and logic or trying to and sometimes that's just not the easiest way to do it and and it really falls on deaf ears because people that are naturally if they're ignorant to how we do things and why the emotional argument is going to be it's going to feel better to them than trying to f figure out facts and logic, especially if they don't have any interest in the actual space. And uh, I, I, 
I'm going to wrap this section up because again, this is going to be something that, you know, as, as weeks come down, months come down, hopefully we can start having some more open and honest discussions about this because ultimately it's not even just my opinion or that podcast series. Uh, these are conversations and discussions I've had all across the country with numerous different people around the fire talking about this stuff. And, and I've heard it numerous times to where so many people will think in this light and, and, and agree, but I never hear the conversation on other podcasts. I never hear it on people's videos. I'd never hear about anything. All you hear are the same talking points, buy a hunting license, R3, you know, get Pittman Robertson. And all of those things are true. All of those things matter. But again, I, I challenge you to kind of take a step back and think about it. If it moved the needle like they claim it does, why is it in years past when we're breaking records, why is it that the bird numbers and opportunities are still going down? Why is it that you turn on Facebook or Instagram and you see everybody complaining about hunting pressure and hot spotting and all of this other stuff? People just doing unethical, stupid things that do a poor job of shedding light on the hunting community. You know, that that Instagram post of you posing with the dead bird uh, in a in a goofy disrespectful manner you might find funny but you know what i, I don't want to rain on your parade but that's what the other side is using to combat hunters and and conservation so like just keep that in mind and and what i'm doing on these little side episodes and, and outros it's not only going to be conservation based i want to actually just start having the fun and honest uh or, or authentic and organic conversations that we as dog people and hunters have on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, this is a way for me to, I, I, I struggle to come on here and just talk about myself for an hour. I don't want to come on here and just be like, Oh yeah, I went hunting and I shot this many birds or, you know, I went out and I trained my dog and they're great. They're, they're the greatest things since sliced bread. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not that guy. I can't do that. Uh, I need, I need something a little bit more important or at least some kind of direction or topic. And so when I, I get together with with friends and, and family and, and we have some of these conversations and we're just having fun or we're having an enjoyable day working dogs, I want to I want to throw up the microphone and capture just us goofing around and having that tailgate talk. And uh, so all in all, like what I'm trying to say is I'm going to be changing things up throughout this year. I'm going to be trying new things. I'm going to be testing new, new concepts, new ideas, new types of episodes. I want your feedback. Again, going back to the engagement, I need to hear your feedback. I am not going to change or do something just because one person says that. So keep that in mind. You know, I, I take everything down I internalize it and, and I, I think on it uh, when people give me good, thoughtful criticism, feedback, suggestions, what have you, uh, and and it resonates with me. So it's not lost on me. But you know, for example, not I can't even remember the person's name, so I'm not going to call them out. But like a few years ago, it was like three years ago, one person really just disliked the theme music. Okay, you know, I get it. Like, okay, I'm. It's music, you know, it's, it's whatever you like or dislike it. I can't tell you why, what, whatever, but you know, they really despised it. And so they wrote into, oh my God, change your theme music. And I'm like, you know, respectfully, cool, Roger that, take it down. I'll, I'll, I'll sit on that and stew on that. But at that point in time, and honestly, until recently, 
I just didn't really think the theme music was really even that important, honestly. Uh, you know, I didn't really have an emotional attachment either way to the the banjo music, and and that's what he had an issue with was the banjo trap music, right? Uh, and but every week for four or five weeks after that, four or five episodes, he would write in complaining about the theme music. You still haven't updated it. You haven't updated, it. guys. You are one person. I am one person. There are thousands of people that listen to this podcast every single episode, okay? I'm not going to change something just because one person wants it updated. Now, if you start getting, you know, if everybody as the community starts engaging and giving me feedback and I start seeing something such as theme music, theme music, I know, okay, after a, after a, you know, fill in the blank of however many responses and feedback that I get on the theme music – Maybe it's advisable to start, you know, prioritizing and, and updating the theme music. So, ju again, just that as an example of give me your thoughts and your your, your suggestions. Uh, guest topics go a long way, but guest topics uh, or, or even episode topics are they can be tricky because some people will give me a topic without without suggesting a person that would be good for that topic. And then vice versa. Somebody would be like, you need to get Billy on. Well, what am I going to talk to Billy about? Dog training. Well, okay. Like a little more context. What is Billy good at? You know, what, what is he known for? Does he have an interesting method or an interesting theory or, you know, whatever? Uh, what am I going to talk to him about? So I encourage everybody to give me your suggestions, but just understand that like just because you like Billy – and you've trained with Billy, I, I don't know what I'm talking to Billy about. So like, if, if you're going to give me a guest, you know, kind of tell me why you think that guest would make a, a, a good uh, episode. And then conversely, give me a, a topic. And some topics just are good ideas and I have to go find the right fit for it. Like I get it. It's, it's hard. That's the hardest thing that I do is matching the right guest up with the right topic. So if you have a topic idea, give it to me. If you have somebody in mind, please tell me, but I've got a list a mile long of episode ideas, suggestions, and I have people that, you know, they've written in, they've linked me up with, with the guests that, uh, I just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. And it's like six, seven months removed. And so again, by me doing more episodes, more frequently, I can hopefully start getting some of these these higher guests and these interesting topics out there for everybody. But I can't go do that if you don't tell me what you like to hear, right? And and again, I'm not changing the content to fit just the audience. But at the end of the day, I can't continue. And this isn't just me. This is every content creator out there. So if you have some kind of another podcaster, another YouTuber, whatever that you value, that you really enjoy their content, they they can't really maximize and and optimize the amount of time and effort that goes into this and and do the highest valuable content that they can if they don't really fully understand what their audience wants right and that doesn't mean that you have audience capture and that you just kind of do content just to please the audience but at the end of the day if i do a long you know youtube video that takes hours upon hours and X amount of dollars to actually, you know, go film, produce and throw out there and you guys don't watch it. It's, it, it's, I can't afford 
to lose that amount of time and money, right? And so I'm just trying to be upfront and honest with you guys. Everybody that I've spoken to, they say they want to know a little bit more behind the scenes. Well, this is me trying to do that. I'm trying to open up to you guys. And so start giving me your feedback. Start giving me your support and, and just sharing the episode. Hit subscribe. Share the episodes with a friend, stuff like that. The bigger we can actually spread this show, the bigger impact we can have on the important things such as conservation. The more you share the show, the bigger it gets, the the more I can go on the road and do stuff in person with these people, the the bigger names I can get, the 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 more valuable content I can create. And so I just wanted to come on here, let everybody know that some things are going to be changing, some things are going to be updating. I don't know how long it'll it'll go this way. I don't know. I'll, I'll be fine-tuning everything that I do throughout the year, but I just want to let everybody know, uh, you know, it's easy to get in a rut. And just do the same type of content week after week after week because that's what you know. You have the formula. You have the templates. It's easy to knock out and, and punch it out. I'm not interested in doing content just for the sake of content. I want to do content that you guys are actually interested in and find value in. So that being said, anything, any ideas that you have that you actually want to get involved in, if you want to support the show even more, of course, we have our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash gundog yourself. Uh, YouTube, we're doing all of these episodes with a video component now. If you weren't aware of that, go subscribe over at YouTube. All of the episodes for the past month or two are on in video uh, form as well. And uh, yeah, just let me know what you think as I change things. You know, I just kind of put, uh, I just put in the, the Back to on the theme music. I just changed the theme music a little bit the other day. Doesn't mean I have to stick with it. So if you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. You know, I love hearing compliments. I love hearing great and positive feedback. But at the same time, I can't improve anything if if you guys don't tell me what what you dislike about this, what you think I can improve on. And that doesn't mean, you know, tell me every stupid little thing that pops up in your head disrespectfully, like constructive criticism is the name of the game. And, and I've had numerous people on this, on, on this podcast as episode guests that started out originally with some kind of, uh, issue with something that was said or done in, in episodes previous to theirs. It's some of my most reliable and, and close friends since doing this podcast came originally from them ha- taking issue with something. I am not opposed to criticism if it's presented correctly and, and you know, just constructively. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, hope you stick with me. Hope you enjoy this and, and you're excited for things to come. I'm kind of interested. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit hesitant and nervous to kind of step out and do things a, l- a little bit more solo. Uh, but I think it's time after four and a half years, let's kind of shake things up. Let's try some new things and, and uh, have some fun with it. And and I hope everybody's out there having fun, getting their dogs. You know, I know it's it, it's winter right now, so everybody's kind of, you know, snowed in or, or bored. Maybe it's their reading time or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, if, if you're force fetching, now's a great time to be doing force fetch in the, in the garage while it's just freezing cold and, and snowy outside. Now's a great time to catch up on that reading and the videos and, and all that stuff. Because before you know it, it's going to be springtime and summer. That sun's not going down till eight o'clock and we're out there running and training dogs and doing what we love day in, day out. Uh, you know, take advantage of, of the dark, take advantage of the nighttime hours and uh, grow, get ready for the springtime. And I uh, look forward to uh, you guys joining me as, as we kind of 
change things up a little bit, but we're still not going to lose what GDIY is about, what built it up to this point. Uh, I'm just looking forward to expanding and increasing the value even so much more. But thanks again, as always, for hitting download. It means the world to me, and we'll check you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high grade lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.